Don Mockholtz, and you're listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 117, for the week of March 30th, 2022. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, March 30th, the moon will be a thin crescent in our morning sky. New moon, when the moon passes south of the sun is on April 1st at 6.23 Universal Time. The Earth's southern hemisphere is favored for seeing the thin lunar crescent in the morning sky during the day before new moon. The Earth's northern hemisphere is favored for observing the thin crescent in the evening sky on April 1st and 2nd. By next Tuesday, April 5th, the moon will be a thin crescent in our evening sky. On April 4th and 5th, the planet Mars passes less than a half degree south of Saturn in the morning sky. They will be nearly equal brightness, with Saturn only slightly brighter than Mars. And the colors should differ, especially when seen through binoculars or a telescope. Mars is closer to us than is Saturn, with Mars at 1.8 astronomical units and Saturn at 10.5 astronomical units from us. An astronomical unit is the average distance from the Earth to the Sun. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, March 30th through Tuesday, April 5th? It depends upon where you are located. This week we have six zones. All you need to know is your latitude. Two zones will not be able to see the ISS this week. They are north of 60 degrees north and a big band near the equatorial region between 16 degrees north and 40 degrees south. No ISS for those areas. Between 44 and 60 degrees north, the ISS will be visible in the evening sky, but only for the first part of the week. Between 33 and 44 degrees north, the International Space Station can be seen in the evening sky for the whole week. And between 16 and 33 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky only during the last part of the week. And south of 40 degrees south, you can see it in your morning sky. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. Let's uh, look at a few comets. They are plotted on Podcast 117, Maps 1 and 2. But for more accurate positions, as they do move in relation to the stars, go to heavens-above.com and click on Comets. 
Comet 19P, Borley, is high in the western sky as darkness descends. It's at magnitude 11, and it is getting dimmer. Comet C, 2019, L3 Atlas, is in the constellation Gemini at magnitude 10.5. Now, in the morning sky, we have Comet C, 2017, K2 Panstars, It's in the summer Milky Way at magnitude 10.5, but by the end of this year and early next year, it should be visible in binoculars. One final comet you might want to try for, it's in the morning sky near the planet Venus. It is comet P22 Kof, magnitude 11. You will not see comet Leonard C2021A1. It has disintegrated. It has faded away, losing the nuclear region and the coma, and finally the tail. That happens to comets from time to time, and this comet survived perihelium and put on a good show through February. I now write for Earth Sky. Earth Sky is a website featuring stories about the Earth and sky. Several stories are released each day, and by subscribing to it, you will receive links to the stories each morning. I have been systematically searching for comets since January 1st, 1975. Early on, I decided to count the number of hours I search, not so much the number of comets found. That is because I can control, to some extent, the amount of time spent looking through the telescope. Weather is usually the biggest factor. I set goals for the number of hours I'd like to do each year, and at the end of each month and year, I summarize the number of hours that I have searched. I also keep a running total of the number of hours. With each observing session, I record the start time to the nearest five minutes. At the end of the session, I estimate the amount of time I spent looking through the telescope. I do not count the setup time, nor the time I spend checking out nebulous objects. The total time spent at each session is then rounded to the nearest one quarter hour, or the nearest 15 minutes. And since I'm counting only the time my eye is to the eyepiece, I get an accurate count of meteors and satellites I see per hour, as I count those things, too. My biggest year was 1976, with 553 hours. My least was 55.25 hours in 2013. That year I was a caregiver for my late wife. The most I have done in any one month was 69 and a quarter hours in May of 1976. The least in one month is 1.0 hour in December 2001. But in every month for the past 567 months, I've done at least an hour of visual comet hunting. I don't think anyone has done that. Most comet hunters get out when they can. Some live in areas which do not have good weather, sometimes for months at a time. And so being able to get out each and every month and do at least some comet hunting is 
nearly impossible in some areas. So this month, I reached a landmark number of comet hunting hours. On March 12th, I surpassed 9,000 hours of visual comet hunting. That equates to 540,000 minutes, which is also 32,400,000 seconds. All of that for 12 new comet discoveries? Well, there is more to it than that. I did see a lot of other things. And there is always the anticipation of seeing new things in the sky. And in those 9,000 hours, I've counted more than 14,000 meteors and 19,000 satellites. Those 9,000 hours have taken 5,191 sessions. So each session has averaged about 1.7 hours. More than two-thirds of my sessions are done in the morning hours. Each month has averaged 16 hours, and each year has averaged 190 hours. And that's about my average number of hours per year at this time. It's about 190. I have sometimes wondered if I'll ever reach 10,000 hours of visual comet hunting. Going at this rate, it will take about five more years. So perhaps in the summer of 2027, I'll get there. Time will tell. Now for fun with the marathon. I started a Messe marathon on Saturday, March 26, knowing that I would probably be clouded out in the morning. And as it turned out, I was. The Messe marathon is an attempt to observe in one night all 110 of the galaxies, clusters, and nebula cataloged by Charles Messier in the late 1700s. For this one, I used my motorized binocular chair with 25 by 100 binoculars. I started with M77 at 8.03 p.m., and my very next object, M74, I could not see, so I could not count it. I had the area that it was in, but it would not reveal itself to me. That's due to it being low in the sky and twilight and zodiacal light. I then moved through the list, and by 9.07 p.m., I reached the end of the road. I had seen everything that was above the horizon. That took me all the way over to M68, which is a 66 object on the list, and since I missed M74, I found and saw 65 objects in 64 minutes. Using the binocular chair is fun and easy, and I love the view of the sky through those binoculars. As I usually do with my Messe marathons, after I finish finding everything there is to find above the horizon in the evening sky, I go to bed, I sleep several hours, and then I get up in the morning to finish the Messe marathon. At 3 a.m., however, the clouds gathered and one weather map showed rain within 100 miles. I got out of bed and wheeled the binocular chair back into the shop. I've done that a couple or three times over the past years while living in Arizona because March is not actually a very good weather month here. Most months we have pretty good weather, but March, not so much. 
This coming weekend is a good time to do the Messe Marathon as the moon will be out of the sky. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? Get out and see some comets and see those planets in the morning sky, Saturn and Mars on April 4th and 5th. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 117 for March 30th, 2022. I'm Don Machos. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at donstheastronomer at gmail.com. Once again, donstheastronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. And what is the youngest Messier object? Think about it, and we'll discuss it next week. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.